BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hello friends, this is Let's Talk About Myths, baby. I'm Liv, this is the podcast where I, a big nerdy weirdo, tell you stories about ancient Greek myths, and fine, do I usually get a little worked up and rant about the patriarchy? Yes. Will that change? Absolutely not. So I'm back this week. I really hope my microphone is working. It's really all just a matter of me poking and prodding at it, trying to figure it out. I'm not particularly savvy when it comes to audio recording. You know, I'm a millennial. I know technology, but this is a whole other story. Now, I hope everyone has seen the news of the artifact they recently discovered. I think it was in Mycenae, or it's Mycenaean at the least. It's a Bronze Age seal that's not even an inch and a half wide and is the most detailed and beautifully preserved piece they have found in, like, an age. It's literally the most impressive thing they've found from the Bronze Age in just, I don't even know how many generations. Arguably, it's the most impressive thing they found from the Bronze Age Greeks. And keep in mind, this is Bronze Age. The tomb it was found in is dated to about 1500 BCE. That's 3500 years ago. It's unfucking real For a frame of reference, the Odyssey and the Iliad only date back to about 800 BCE, so it's 700 years older than the Odyssey and the Iliad. The piece depicts a violent battle and the soldiers, you can actually see their musculature. They carved muscles into these tiny figures, so tiny that the piece itself, the whole thing, isn't even one and a half inches wide. Just Google it, okay? Google it because, my God, it's amazing. Okay, enough with the ranting. It's mythology time, where I also rant, but about mythology at least. Where were we? Oh, right. That guy, Heracles. Hercules. Maybe you've heard of him. If you haven't, you should probably go listen to parts one and two of this because this isn't going to make much sense. 
Also watch the Disney movie because one, it is wildly entertaining, and two, I reference it a lot. So our pal Heracles is the son of Zeus and a mortal woman, as Zeus is wont to do. And because he had sex with this woman that wasn't his wife, the woman that is his wife has made it her life's mission to fuck up the life of Heracles. Hera is always a fan of revenge, though rarely, if ever, against her husband who is actually the cause of all her problems. Heracles is a demigod, but on top of that, he was nursed by Hera, and so he's stronger than any hero that's come before him, demigod or not. And where we are now, Heracles is halfway through his labors for Eurystheus, the man he's indebted to, per our friend the Oracle. This is episode 18. Heracles, Hercules, can he go the distance? Having completed his sixth labor for Eurystheus, Heracles is back with him, awaiting his seventh labor to be assigned. In this case, Eurystheus tells him that Heracles must travel to the island of Crete. If you haven't listened to the Theseus episode of the podcast, I would highly recommend it, as having that background will help with understanding Heracles' seventh labor, and also because it's batshit fucking crazy and everyone should know how awful Theseus was. He was a real jackass, you guys, just raping and pillaging all over the place. So Heracles must go to the island of Crete, because Eurystheus wants him to bring back a gift that the god Poseidon had given to King Minos, a gift that King Minos wasn't particularly fond of. This would be a certain white bull, and it would not be the white bull that was actually Zeus and that kidnapped and ran off with Europa, bringing her to Crete to start the Minoan dynasty in the first place. No, this would be the latter white bull, the one sent to Knossos, the capital of Crete, to seduce King Minos's wife, Pasiphae. You remember Pasiphae, the woman who had the brilliant and talented inventor Daedalus create a certain bull contraption by which Pasiphae was able to have sex with a bull, while disguised as a bull, and become impregnated by a bull, creating a creature that was half bull and half human, more widely known as the very angry and weird Minotaur. So yeah, that's the bull that Heracles is instructed to bring back to Eurystheus, Because again, Minos wasn't super keen to keep this bull around. A bit of a reminder of a trickier time in his marriage, to say the least. Heracles, being a very impressive young fellow, quickly lassoed this sexy, sexy bull and took it back with him to Tiryns, where Eurystheus was. And how did he get it back to mainland Greece from an island that is closer to Egypt than it is to Greece? Well, he swam with it, obviously. So Heracles is also part fish, as it seems. Is there anything he can't do? And with the bull brought safely to Tiryns for Eurystheus, Heracles is on to his eighth labor. Eurystheus sends him to Thrace to see King Diomedes. But first, along the way, Heracles stays with King Admetus of Pherae. At the time, King Admetus' wife, Alcestis, was near death, and Heracles, being the weirdly innovative and keen hero that he is, determined a way to save Alcestis from death. He hid in a corner of her room, and as she neared death, the personified capital D, Death, also called Thanatos, came to see her. 
Instead of letting Thanatos take Alcestis, Heracles grabbed him and squeezed him so hard that finally he gave up and said that he would leave Alcestis with the world of the living. So, you know, Heracles is being helpful. Having saved Queen Alcestis from death, Heracles has done his duty and he continues on to Thrace where his eighth task is waiting. As I said, he was there to see King Diomedes, and King Diomedes was a son of Ares, big on war and violence. And he had some fancy magic mares. As in, yes, female horses. For once, it's not all about cows. And by fancy magic mares, what I really mean is these were flesh-eating horses. And they preferred the flesh of humans to any other food. So perhaps more scary than your standard filly. So there Heracles is, one super strong demigod up against four people-eating lady horses. Thankfully, Heracles is a quick thinker. As soon as he arrives and sees the horses, he realizes that he can't go up against them alone. There are four of them, and they're horses, so they're pretty damn big. And yeah, they eat people, so he's kind of outnumbered. As soon as he realizes this, Heracles comes up with a solution. He grabs King Diomedes, the owner of these horses, and throws him into their paddock. They, of course, are hungry and immediately gorge themselves on their master. And while they're busy eating the man who taught them to eat people, Heracles sneaks up on them and gets them in bridles so that he can lead them away safely. Also, lucky enough for Heracles, it turns out that as soon as the horses have killed Diomedes, they no longer want to eat people. What do you know? Now that the horses were a bit calmer, Heracles could harness them, and he attaches them to a chariot so that he can take advantage and be lazy for once. He rides in the chariot, drawn by these no longer quite so terrifying horses, and has a little snooze. Unfortunately, they may not be people eaters anymore, but the horses were still not particularly tame, and shortly into their ride, they decide they don't want to go in the direction that Heracles is guiding them, and they take him in the complete wrong direction. They end up in the middle of nowhere, and when Heracles goes to sleep that night, the horses disappear. He wakes up, and there's no trace. Heracles goes searching for the horses, and as he does, he comes upon a cave. Curious, he enters the cave only to find that its inhabitant is a woman-slash-snake you might recall. Her name is Echidna, and she is the mother of monsters. Echidna had stolen Heracles' horses and refuses to give them back unless Heracles does something for her. That something being, well, her. She insists that Heracles have sex with her, which seems like quite the adventure in itself given she is top half woman and bottom half snake. I wonder how that worked. With Echidna, Heracles has three children. But he doesn't stay around to watch them grow up, and frankly, in this case, I don't blame him. Also, this is arguably one of the only times where a man is forced to have sex with a woman, so... Switcheroo, finally. Not saying I advocate for this, but you know, it's refreshing. Finally, after this monster-sex-filled detour... Heracles is back on his way to Tyrans to bring the horses to Eurystheus so that his eighth labor is successfully completed. Nearly there, old Herc! (laughs) 
For labor number nine, Eurystheus demands that Heracles travel to the Amazons and bring back the war belt, sometimes also referred to as a girdle, which seems pretty sexist, of the queen of the Amazons and mother to Wonder Woman, Hippolyta. This golden war belt was made for Hippolyta by the god Ares, and I won't give away any more Wonder Woman spoilers, but I mean, I think there's something there. Though I repeat, Ares is a pretty benign in mythology, he's certainly never schemed against the entire race of gods. And this was no ordinary war belt, not that I really know what that would be, but no. In this case, it made the wearer invincible, so naturally it was highly sought after. Heracles was permitted to take a little team along with him. He brought Peleus, Telamon, and our old friend Aeolus. He knew he couldn't do it alone, and these were his choices. I would like to point out that the first time he takes more than one helper along, it's when he's headed to a collection of super-powerful females. I mean, I'm just saying. Heracles and his crew head to the home of the Amazons, which, in some of the things I've read, is a region called Scythia, but in others is Themyscira from Wonder Woman, so we're going with that one because it's more fun. Heracles and his crew head to Themyscira, home to the Amazons, a group of badass females whose queen was, again, Hippolyta. The men hide, waiting to ambush Hippolyta's sister, Melanippe. They kidnap her and they use her as ransom to lure out Hippolyta. They demand the belt in return for her sister's life. Hippolyta sends the belt with the messenger, but she's sneaky. She's a smart lady and she knows what she's doing. The men, along with the belt, are preparing to leave Themyscira when the Amazons attack. The female warriors fought like the warriors they are, but let's remember who told these stories over time. Guess who won? The men. Huge surprise. Much like the disappointment to our childhood when we learned that Heracles killed Megara in a fit of insanity, the disappointment to the newfound devotion to Wonder Woman takes a hit when we learn that Heracles kills Hippolyta in battle. Having successfully slaughtered the most powerful non-goddesses in town over a piece of accessory, they head back to Tyrion's with the famous war belt. Was it worth it? On their way back to Tyrion's, Heracles and his collection of women-killing men stop in Troy. There's trouble afoot. You see, the king of Troy, Laomedon, had gotten in some hot water with the god Poseidon. Get it? Hot water? Laomedon had built up massive walls around Troy, but he'd neglected to pay his due to Poseidon for these walls. I'm unclear why this is necessary. The gods asked for some crazy shit from the humans. It's not super cool of them. But regardless of the totally baffling reason why anyone would owe a god for building a wall... Laomedon had neglected to pay this due. As punishment, Poseidon was sending seawater right up to the edges of the walls, drowning much of the city that lay on the other side. Laomedon had gone to see the oracle to see what he could possibly do to solve this problem, and the oracle had directed him to sacrifice his daughter to a sea monster. Because what do we know about the oracle if not that it is always something awful and usually something awful affecting women? And so, when Heracles came upon Troy, Laomedon's daughter, Hesione, was tied to a rock awaiting the moment when she would become sea monster lunch. 
In a rare instance of someone not being 100% awful, Lawadon was attempting to find some means of saving his daughter's life. He wasn't entirely resigned to her certain death. He'd promised that anyone who could save his daughter and save his land would receive immortal horses as a reward. You see, Lambadon had immortal horses that had been given to his grandfather by Zeus himself. If you think way back to the episode on Zeus's many escapades, you'll recall that Zeus had a thing for a single male in all his adventures. That man was Ganymede, and in return for taking his son away to be his cupbearer slash probable sex slave on Mount Olympus, Zeus had given Ganymede's father some horses. Fair trade. And so now these horses were being offered by Lamadon to whoever may save his daughter and Troy itself. Heracles, of course, volunteered to do the saving. Athena, the hero helper, came down to help Heracles and the Trojans build a structure along the shoreline for Heracles to hide behind. He would wait there for the sea monster to appear to eat Hesione. He did, and when it finally showed up, Heracles realized he should take a page out of another hero's book. The best way to kill this monster would be from the inside out. And so much like Jason before him, Heracles allowed himself to be eaten by the sea monster. And from the inside, he hacked away at the stinky, slimy insides until it was a mess of goo on the beach. And he'd successfully saved both Hesione and the land of Troy. Perhaps this is what they really mean by zero to hero. You're a zero when you decimate the Amazons, and shortly after, you're a hero when you save a lady from a monster. And so Heracles and his men sailed off from Troy with the horses. But, spoilies, these were not the horses they were looking for. They were not immortal horses, no, just standard horses. Do you want to bet how that turns out for Laomedon? BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events, chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. For Heracles' tenth labor for Eurystheus, he must get the red cattle of Geryon back to Tyrans. Cows again. 
Now, this wasn't as easy as it sounded. For one, the cattle were on an island. It's never good when you're talking animals. I mean, how are they getting back? I guess he did just prove that with the one bull, but still, this is multiple, so swimming back would be a little bit tricky. And not only that, this island was at the very western edge of the world, very near the edge of the underworld itself. Keep in mind, the Greeks believed in a flat earth, which is somehow a thing that's come back into vogue. Now, that's not all that bad, you say. Well, Geryon himself isn't exactly human. See, Geryon was a monster, and a unique one, to say the least. Geryon was three human bodies that tapered into one waist, before sprouting out into three sets of legs again. Like, really freakish conjoined triplets. And he didn't have human heads. No, they resembled the heads of gorgons. He was, after all, grandson of Medusa herself. And, to add insult to injury, he wasn't even alone in guarding these cows. He had a guard dog named Orthus, who was a child of Typhon and had two heads. He was no Cerberus, but still, he wasn't nice. This is what Heracles had to face when he found this island, but even that was a tricky situation. It was more mythical than even Heracles, so he's in real trouble. Heracles wanted to see the sun god Helios at the eastern edge of the world to ask him. Because, of course, Helios carried the sun across the world every day. He started at the eastern edge and he pulled it over the western edge. So, by process of elimination, Helios would know where this island was. So Heracles had to ask. But Helios was reluctant. He didn't want to give up the goods. Finally, Heracles convinced him. It was as easy as threatening Helios with one of his poison-tipped arrows. And so Helios gave Heracles a fancy-schmancy golden cup, which would apparently bring Heracles to the western edge of the world. How does a cup bring one to the western edge of the world, you ask? A fine question, my friends. And the answer would be that Heracles would sit in the cup and float along. It's adorable, truly. But of course, it wouldn't be so easy as to just sail there in a cup. As soon as he had set sail, yes, in his cup, the ocean became choppy and wavy, and Heracles was nearly thrown from his cup. But Heracles stood his ground, or rather squatted, or however one sits when sailing in a cup, and after a treacherous journey, he arrives on the island. <laughs> Very quickly, Heracles killed those on the island who stood in his way. Apparently, the absolutely bananas giant of a man with three sets of so many things was far easier to kill than he seemed, and his angry two-headed dog even easier. Truly, the cup is the most treacherous part of this labor. And so, having defeated Geryon and Orthus, Heracles got back in his cup and set sail, the fancy red cattle along for the ride. It was a sizable cup, you see. Along the way back, Heracles had yet more adventures, because seriously, that's all his life was. Inexplicably, he ended up on the land of the Celts. I'm not sure why he went so far north, but what can you do? 
And there he ran out of ammunition fighting, and so he had to call his daddy for help. Zeus sent a collection of small rocks that Heracles used to keep the Celts back. Real hero stuff. And later on, he was attacked by two of Poseidon's sons. I haven't talked much about old Earthshaker Poseidon, god of the sea and for some reason horses. But, spoilers, he tends to have awful offspring. They're usually violent and not in the valiant hero kind of way, and they're usually rapey and not in the Zeus way where it doesn't seem so bad even though it's rape so it fucking is. This is why I've always felt quite strongly about the series that I don't remember the name of, the young adult books. Percy, that kid. How is a nice young man like him the offspring of Poseidon? It's just, it's not likely is all I'm saying. Anyway, Heracles was attacked by two of Poseidon's sons, because they too wanted the fancy red cows. I mean, who wouldn't? But Heracles made quick work of them, and finally he got to Italy. He was nearly there, having come from the other edge of the world, the other edge being probably France or Portugal or something. So Heracles is in Italy, and he settles in to sleep for the night, just so close to his home of Greece. But a fire-breathing brigand, as he's described in my book of mythology, comes upon Heracles and the cows overnight, and he steals a few of the cows. He drags them backwards into his cave, apparently giving the impression that they'd walked in the opposite direction. I'll admit I don't know how convincing that would be, but evidently Heracles is stumped, and he spends quite a bit of time searching for the cows in all the wrong places. In the end, he simply comes upon this brigand and the cows and gets them back via violence, as is his way. Heracles then heads south to Sicily, and in Sicily he encounters a king named Eryx. Eryx was apparently feeling kind of frisky because he challenges Heracles to a wrestling match with the ever-desirable cows as the prize. Heracles obviously wins because dude lifts, and also he's the son of Zeus. And so, finally, Heracles is able to return to Greece and to Tiryns, where he hands over the cows to Eurystheus, who promptly sacrifices them to Hera. And so to that, all I can say is, what a waste. Well, my friends, it appears that the last couple of tasks are considerably more intricate than those that came before. And so I say this is long enough, and I will be back in your ear holes next week with the conclusion of this section of the Adventures of Heracles. I'll tell you about the final two tasks that make up the Labors of Hercules, as they're very famously known, and maybe more of his adventures. We'll just see how it goes. Happy Thanksgiving to my American listeners. You far outnumber listeners in my own country or any other combined, to be honest. So enjoy your turkey. This uh, was written before my microphone didn't work last week, so now it's post-Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoyed your turkey, I'll say instead. I still think it's weird that your Thanksgiving is so close to the holidays and all the leaves are gone. What is the point of having such a leafy holiday when all the leaves are gone? Also, I think you in America should know that inexplicably Black Friday has traveled to Canada, so we have Black Friday sales, and it is just the Friday after nothing, and we don't get work off, so you have to, like, 
book a day off to go shopping. And for a frame of reference, we have our own version of this day. It's the day after Christmas, Boxing Day, so I don't know why we need another. I could rant on and on about how stupid Black Friday in Canada is, but I'll stop. You're welcome. As always, you can find me in all the places. Come follow me. Come say hi. It makes me happy. And please, I love you. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. The more listeners I get, the more it helps me. And, you know, the more fun we have as a group of nerds just chilling together talking about mythology. But really, it helps the podcast, and it will help me continue the podcast. As I learned when my mic randomly stopped working this week, it's a, it's an expensive hobby I have here, and any help is so much appreciated. So if you like this podcast, just, you know, rate, review, subscribe. And with that, all I say is, I'm Liv. I want to see an entire movie starring the muses from Disney's Hercules, and I love this shit. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.